Hey, welcome back to the special edition episode of Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Ben. Hey, Chris. That's it? I mean, I, you know, I'm just trying to be professional for once. <laughs> All right, well, you know, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this so special, hold, hold on, I'm a yep. goon now? I thought I was a washed-up comedian. You are a washed-up comedian. Oh, yeah, I just did a... Sebastian's. You, you you don't know the difference between me and Sebastian, do you? No, my editing apparently wasn't very clear on this. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to keep it in anyways. Let's keep it. Now you're I a goon. You, you know, you, a, you, up, you do box, though, so you're kind of a goon. I, fair. All right. Okay, there you go. So I'm, I'm keeping the goon <laughs> aspect. I'm not going to do the washed-up goalie, washed-up comedian bit. There it is. Washed-up comedian goon. How about that? I love it. All right. Uh, well, this is a special edition episode, and we want to introduce our special guest who's listening to us Babylon already. He's the play-by-play voice of the NHL's Austin Bruins, Jared Becker. Jared, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Pleasure to uh, be on with you guys, and always enjoying hearing the co-host and host banter, uh, no matter what podcast <laughs> you're on. Always the, the best part, good lead-ups, and you always get a good feel for the podcast right away when the co-host uh, is already bashing the host. See, see, that's gift. professional right there, Chris. We could learn a lot from Jared. Uh, that, that's true. Actually, they uh, just watched the game yesterday, but we'll get into that. Jared, you and your broadcast partner there seem to do uh, pretty good bouncing back and forth off each other for sure. Yeah, Ron's uh, Ron Budrick's been around the game for years. I mean, he's covered junior hockey. Funny, uh, Fun fact and uh, actually kind of a fun thing, too. Ron was actually the play-by-play voice for our head coach, Steve Howard, when he was playing oh, junior hockey. Wow. So uh, small world how they both ended up here in uh, – Austin, Minnesota now is head coach and general manager, Steve Howard. And of course, Ron Budrick's now my color analyst here. He's been doing it for a few years. He was doing it with our former play-by-play voice, TJ Shalott, who's actually moved on. He's now with the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL. Ron's a great guy. I mean, he knows the sport very well. He's been around the sport for years. It's great when you have a color analyst who you can just bounce off back and forth and uh, you're able to defeat. And like, if something's coming up and I need to take care of something mid-game as I, I wear multiple hats for the organization. Ron can pick up on the play-by-play real quick if it's a good uh, five, ten seconds, and then leads right back into me. So it's a, it's a flawless execution on the play-by-play side and the color analyst side. Yeah, I was listening to that, and it was, you know, you guys have just a natural progression of of how the the plays are called and how the bounce back and forth go on because sometimes it you just don't have that, and a lot of times out there right now there is just. Uh, solo broadcasters uh, they don't have anyone to bounce something off of if they need to or check this something or hear what the actual penalty was so to have two people there in the booth that's actually really critical and that actually leads me into the first part of this so tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you into the booth for austin so about myself too um, that's kind of that odd route here to the broadcast booth for hockey i'm originally from los angeles california Fun thing about it is I actually never grew up playing the sport. I never played hockey growing up. I watched it, of course. Uh, The Anaheim Ducks were just becoming a team when I was um, a a wee young kid. So, of course, I got into hockey because of Anaheim. I've been a big fan of them ever since. And then play-by-play-wise, it's something that I kind of uh, grew into. I had a really close friend uh, with the, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Rory Marcus, who was the radio analyst for the baseball team at that time. and uh, while growing up, him and I got really close. I would see him after games all the time. I had uh, My parents had season tickets uh, for Angels games, so I would see him after games. If we would go on road trips, I would see him, um, and we would, we would talk. We would stay close, and 
Um, unfortunately, he passed away uh, uh, way too soon. So I, I miss Rory. He was a great guy, a great mentor. And part of the reason why I got into broadcasting and it's part of the reason why uh, where I'm at today, because I've tried to model my career and everything I do off of the, the path Rory left with the Angels organization. So, Jared, I think that's I, I definitely resonate a lot with that story because I've I've actually never played ice hockey. But additionally, as you can probably tell from the podcast like that, I'm on here. Absolutely love it. You know, outside of just being a fan, what drew you to the profession of, of commentating? It's just something uh, for me that was kind of um, came natural. I mean, I love sports. I love to talk growing up. I, I never shut up. I was told <laughs> I was always getting in trouble in school as a kid who would uh, always be talking. So it kind of just uh, evolved into, uh, hey, why don't you just become a, a play-by-play commentator for sports? You, you like sports a lot and you never seem to stop talking. So perfect match made in heaven right there. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the things that lead anybody into like, maybe the booth or into podcasting is uh, we, we have a gift of the gab I can quickly corner my wife in the kitchen and just start talking about all this hockey stuff. And she'll just look at me and she's like, okay, I like hockey, but I don't want to hear any of this. This is, <laughs> this is not any, this is not anything I want to hear, but it, it definitely takes you, uh, it takes our personalities, I think, to be the ones talking and on podcasts or those doing YouTube videos or in, in the booth for different things. Uh, just, you've got to be comfortable with it for sure. And that's one of the big things that just got to You got to be comfortable. Like you said, uh, for me, never playing the sport growing up, it was, it was fun to see, especially uh, when I got into college, I took over the play by play voice of uh, Waldorf University, uh, um, which is uh, ACHA division two program at that time when I was at college and now ACHA division one. But for me, it was funny because a lot of the, the players there, we had a lot of, we had a very heavy Canadian hockey team and, they were surprised on my knowledge of the sport and how well the, the terminology, the actual like nitty gritty stuff about everything going on. They're like, you sure you never played the sport growing up? I'm like, no, I never played it. I just watched it and studied it and learned it and kind of uh, got a niche for it. And I think watching it a lot and I guess the slight obsession with the sport helps you with the lingo. I mean, there's a lot of people I know when I say something, they're, they're, they're huge hockey fans. They're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, sorry, hockey reference. I'll, I'll talk in human terms here. But, uh, you know, that said, let's talk about the Bruins. Now, now, last season, Austin struggled and were unable to qualify for the postseason. Yet this season, as of this recording, and for the listeners, we're recording this on Saturday evening, January 8th, I think it is. And, you know, they're leading the Central Division right now. And they actually have a game in hand on trailing Minot. So what do you think has been some of the reasons for the success this season so far? One of the biggest things, um, honestly, I think it's just the team chemistry. This year, the guys uh, from day one, from main camp uh, to today, it's a completely different locker room than what we saw last season. I mean, I was around last year as I actually served as the director of gay night operations. So I was here. I got to see the guys. I got to kind of socialize with them as well. Not as much as this year, of course, being the play-by-play guy and traveling with them. But team chemistry is one of the biggest things. And to this day, a lot of the veterans who are back from last year will say the same thing. It's a completely different locker room. The guys are all in on the on the the process being preached by head coach Steve Howard. And one of the biggest things, too, is our power play and penalty kill special teams this year is absolutely uh lights out top in the division for both penalty kill and power play 
and within the oh. top uh, top 10 in the league for both. And looking into that, in fact, watching the game last night, one of the things you mentioned, Carson Riddle, is he going to become Mr. Bruin this weekend? So as of t- tonight, so recording wise for July, um, for June, uh, June, geez, January 8th, my, <laughs> my days are so out of whack here. Uh, he is officially at 177 regular season games played, which wow. ties Cholak, who owns the record, um, or Evan Cholak, for regular season games played. So tonight he will become the all-time regular season game played leader, but he is currently sitting at 181 all-time games, including playoffs. And so he is expected to become the all-time games played leader as well at some point later in the season. Wow, that's incredible. When I heard that last night, it's especially because then I have to go to Elite Prospects, check him out and stuff. And he's been there for four straight seasons. And it's impressive, especially in junior hockey, for a player to be able to play for the same team for four straight years and to be able to achieve a record like that. Yeah, he's he's a great kid. I mean, Carson uh, right now is currently uh, he's opened up. He's uncommitted going into junior hockey he was committed to western michigan for the longest time being from holly michigan that's where he wanted to go but then this season when they made the coaching change the head coach retired carson decided hey i want to i want to open up and test the waters and see what's going on so i mean the kid's got talent he's um, a natural born leader on both on and off the ice and i wouldn't be surprised if he gets uh he gets his college commitment here in the very near future yeah, I'll definitely be looking out for that and, and noticing a lot of the, this is that time of the year where college commitments start dropping like December, January. So it's exciting to start to see uh, who's committing where and to be able to celebrate that in terms of players that have been on the move as of late. Now, you guys this weekend have been playing Minot and in Minot, this guy joined the team recently out of Utah. But Nick Erdis is now up there and he, you know, I've got to see him play a lot for the last couple of years and a lot of live games uh, back when I was living in the Salt Lake City area and he was playing for Provo at the time. I don't know if you've got a chance to look at his game over the last couple matchups against the Minot Minotaurs, but really skilled forward. I think he's only played six games with them at this point. Uh, I don't think he's yet got a point, but uh, I think they're coming for him. Yeah, he's a pretty solid kid. Um, he knows his. He knows what he needs to do. Last night he was kind of uh, that fly on the ice. He was moving yep. around and causing uh, causing some havoc. I mean, like you mentioned, he's only played in six games so far, but he's doing pretty well. I mean, looking at his stats so far this season, played in two games against the Bruins. Uh, he's doing pretty well. He's got two assists, so two points so far this season. Um, so I mean, he's got a little bit to to grow and mature. I mean, especially up in Minot. Uh, Cody Campbell, the head coach and general manager for for the Minotauros, is a great guy. He uh, he knows his hockey. He knows his stuff. Uh, Darren Banks, as well as Jake Howie, the assistant coaches up there, um, are great guys. Jake Howie's been there for four years. He played for for Minot uh, when he was playing in his junior hockey career. So I mean, he he knows uh, he knows his stuff. So I mean, Ernest is in good hands up there with Cody Campbell and the the crew for the Minotauros. Yeah, they seem to be a very impressive team. And right now the team uh, chomping at the Bruins' feet. Speaking of chomping at the feet and, and Minot and what a great season both teams are having, let's talk about the Central Division writ large, Jerry, because it looks real strong. I know Chris and I were just reviewing the standings before this uh, this conversation, and Austin is in first place right now, but five of the six teams are within 10 points of each other. You got that maelstrom, that highly competitive, uh, you know, close field that we've got right there. What's impressing you about the Central Division this year? I mean, anyone you talk to, I mean, Central Division year in, year out, 
one of the top divisions in the league, one of the toughest divisions in the league to play in. Uh, between the Central and the South, I think, are honestly the two toughest divisions, with the Central probably just edging out the South Division by, by a hair. Uh, but, it, I mean, Ron and I sound like a broken record on the broadcast every every weekend. I mean, the Central Division, there's no easy games. And according to the records right now with the, the standings, it's easy to show. I mean, right now the Bruins, Minot, and I mean, as of late, North Iowa have been in kind of that three-way battle for first place all season with Aberdeen kind of right there behind as well. But Minot, uh, one of the biggest surprises for them is they started off the season not so hot. They were sitting in the bottom of the division, but going in the last night's game, 15 out of 20 games won. Um, so, I mean, they're they're looking hot. They're playing hot. And the Central Division one weekend can make or break a team. And we can see that. I mean, of course, last season, kind of the same thing for the Bruins. Um, one or two weekends not playing where they needed to be, forcing them to miss the playoffs just by a game. Jared, let's pretend you got to bet your house, right? Like everything's <laughs> on the line. Who's going to be number one this year in the division? Honestly, I that's a tough one. I, 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 I As bias-wise, I want to say us, obviously, uh, especially with everything going on. Special teams is going to play a big factor. But one of the big things, too, is going to be the injury bug. I mean, Bruins, as of late, have had a couple of key guys out of the lineup due to the injury bug, but that's expected anytime you're playing a season more than 20 games, no matter who you are um, at the professional level, junior level, um, minor hockey level as well. So, I mean, it's going to be a big factor. But, I mean, the battle for the four positions for a playoff spot can go either way right now. I mean, Austin Minot tied with 39 points up at the top. Aberdeen right behind three points out and what, 36 points. Uh, North Iowa, who's been kind of on a skid as of late, currently holding on to that number four spot. But St. Cloud right behind them with 29. And then Bismarck kind of getting things turned around here. They were struggling to start the year, but are sitting at 23 points. They won the game last night against St. Cloud on January 7th. So, I mean, it's a toss-up here in the Central Division. Second half is going to be a big thing, and you're going to have to show up every single night if you want to make the playoffs here in this division. I mean, Jared, that's some great analysis, but you know, when I said the house is on the line, I actually do have a bookie on the other <laughs> line, so if I could get like a definitive, uh, you know, Ben Ben needs his cash. I'm going to go with the Bruins then. If you're going to say okay, uh, good. Right, bookie's on the line. And you're, yeah. you, he's calling you. He, he, he's his hands on the button. He's like, hey, I need to know. Like right now, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna go with us. We're gonna have the Bruins. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have the number one seed going into the playoffs here in the Central Division. I mean, I, I have a good feeling. Um, I have a good feeling about this team in general this year. I mean, the biggest thing this year, the guys have said from the very beginning, from training camp to now, it's Robertson Cup or bust for this team. And I honestly have a good feeling behind this team that there might be a a special season uh, in the works here in Austin. Yeah. And so let, let's talk about the rest of the null then, because you were talking about how the central division strong, the South division is also very strong. And obviously you could have seen that last year because you had Shreveport and Aberdeen in the finals and Shreveport edged out Aberdeen uh, and obviously Aberdeen being in the central division and Shreveport, if that's not in the South, people don't know their geography. <laughs> With the way that everything's unfolding this year, um, people, may not know enough about how the, you know, the knowledge structured and stuff and, and kind of how it's come to be. And I'll quickly just say it's been around since 1975. It currently has 29 teams. I think they renamed themselves to the back in 84. And 
I know in terms of me living in Minot previously and the Muskies weren't in the null, they were in a now defunct league that got swallowed up by the null. I think they merged with each other. But because it's become so popular over the years, it's also expanding. And I uh, was excited to see um, both Anchorage and Amarillo enter the league this year. And then, well, kind of enter the league because Amarillo was in the yeah, league. Yeah, quote unquote, yeah. enter the league for Amarillo because <laughs> that, that's a that's a story too. I mean, we can yes. go into that as well because it's a it's a big thing that the league was talking about because that goes back all the way to Kansas City, the scouts and yep. how they sat out for three years and we we'll, we'll, we can talk about that of course. That one's a that one's a big thing. But like you said, I mean, just the expansion here in the North American Hockey League is a big thing. Anchorage uh, going into Alaska now having three teams there in the yep. uh, in the lost frontier of Alaska. You got Fairbanks, you got Kenai, you got Anchorage, uh, which they themselves have all created a um, a traveling cup for the winner of the regular season meetings between them, which is awesome to see. So they, cool. for them themselves, it's a great program. Anchorage is doing very well for the first year program. 19 wins, 11 losses, three overtime losses, currently sitting in a playoff spot in the Midwest Division, 41 points. So, I mean, they're doing pretty well. And head coach over there, Mike Akins, is doing a phenomenal job. I mean, that guy is no stranger to uh, to junior hockey. He's been around for years. He coached with the Omaha Lancers of the USHL. I mean, he, he's been around. He was the assistant coach for the Rochester Grizzlies for the last three seasons before getting the the call for the Wolverines to take over that new expansion team. So I know uh, Coach Aikens very well with my time with Rochester of the North American Three Hockey League. So, I mean, he, he's doing a great job. He's got a solid program. Uh, he's got a lot of recent uh, commits to D1 programs. I mean, Arizona State's getting a good one, as well as uh, Mankato State. It's getting a great player from there as well this upcoming season. So, I mean, Anchorage is looking very good. And then Amarillo on the other end for that quote-unquote expansion team (laughs) is doing well, too. They're in a playoff spot, 38 points. I mean, if you want to talk about a battle for a division, that is an absolute dogfight for a playoff spot there for just third and fourth. Yeah, and just the whole expansion thing, when I saw what kind of unfolded over the last kind of couple years for that, like the Bulls moved to North Iowa and became the North Iowa Bulls. Amarillo then was without a team. Kansas City was holding out. I was really excited to see that jersey because I'm sorry. That was going to be one oh, of the, the best. Oh, the jersey is looking- beautiful. I've oh. seen it. Um, It's funny because every time the last couple of years they've had the in a showcase up in Blaine at the Super Rink, they've had a mock-up actually there made of the – Kansas City Scouts jersey, beautiful jersey. I love the look of it. The uh, the crest was amazing, but it never saw the light of day. I mean, it um, obviously COVID COVID was an issue because of them not playing. Um, Then the rink that they were um, expecting to be built in time kept getting delayed, and then all of a sudden they're like, we're gonna have to sit out another year. And uh, higher ups in the league are like, hey, we we can't do this. We got to make a change. So, of course, then the ownership group for them sold. And then, boom, the Amarillo Wranglers come around after the relocation and purchase of the Amarillo Bulls and relocated to North Iowa, who took up the North Iowa Bulls moniker from the NA3 team. And then the North Iowa Bulls of the NA3 rebranded to the Mason City Toros. So it's 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 a fun thing to talk about i mean it's big especially with the whole rivalry now with north iowa and austin it's yeah. a 45 minute drive down from arena to arena and of course um with mason city 
that had to be approved by the league and ownerships for both uh, Rochester, uh, North Iowa, and for Austin, just because Mason City was technically within the NAs uh, for Austin's um, branding market. Uh, okay. So with them being approved into the Central Division, the rule was they have to be in the division with the Bruins and they have to be able to play them. So if the Bruins or North Iowa were to ever switch divisions, both teams would switch. Oh, very interesting. That's really those little tidbits are the really cool, interesting facts that it's as hockey, I guess, hockey geeks. Uh, we just love knowing when you see little things like that happen, you get to know the little details behind it because you do want that with them being so close. I, you know, when you look at them on a map and you realize they're that close is one of those follow up questions I was going to ask. But you you answered it there. And so I imagine that with that relocation of North Iowa coming up there, that's that's one of those really good rivalries that uh it can really drive the fans into the seats. Oh, and, and we see it all the time. I mean, when North Iowa's here, we see a lot of green and blue in the stands. And then when we're down in Mason City, we see a lot of black and gold. So, I mean, both our fan bases travel very well. Uh, North Iowa has been notorious for having a traveling fan base. I mean, they've had a pretty good program there for years, especially with their North American three team handful of silver cup and now called the Fraser cup championships, a couple of USA uh, hockey tier three national championships. And fun fact, they actually hold the last ever in a tier three national championships. Uh, they still have that trophy at their arena in Mason city uh, just because that tournament's no longer around. Cause of course the USA tier three junior hockey tournament was the winner of the whatever league they were in at that time. So I mean, right. North Iowa was the one who won it as the last time they had it and they're still the reigning champions unless they have decided to bring that tournament back that's really cool that's cool chris i think this is the the part of the conversation where we transition from the professional into hockey to learn jared a little bit more about you are you ready to dig deep into any skeletons you might have in the closet <laughs> See, now I'm kind of scared the way you bring <laughs> yeah, that up. It's like you pulled up my uh, my background check and got everything all situated, saying, hmm, I got some I got some stuff here on the back end that uh, let everyone know. <laughs> yeah, is it true you used to go by the alias Mitch Carson in uh, Reno, Nevada? <laughs> I cannot confirm and or deny. <laughs> all right. Well, how about how about this? On a, a slightly more serious note, we this will maybe warm you up before we get into the Mitch Carson stuff. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you grew up in L.A., you moved, you're in Austin now as, as you know, nomads, both Chris and myself having uh, now living in California. We obviously have an appreciation for all the great communities across uh, North America. What what brought you to Austin? So for me, um, I actually, um, when I moved out to the Midwest, I actually moved out to Iowa to go to school, uh, which is uh, Forest City, Iowa, to be exact, which is funny enough, 45 minutes away from Austin. So I kind of just stayed within the area. Um, and then I met my my now wife and we live just outside of the Rochester, Minnesota area. So I commute um, over to Austin. It's about a 30 minute drive from my house over to here. So it's not too far of a drive. It's all highway. So it's nice and easy. So kind of how I have uh, found myself a home here in uh, the, the Rochester, Austin area. And plan on sticking around for for a good while especially with my wife uh with her job where she's at and especially with uh, where i'm at here uh, in the city of austin as well as with the uh, rochester grizzlies of the na3 
That's that's amazing. Also, since now that I'm aware, you know, you're, you're commuting between like the Rochester area and Austin. Do you think that they should change the Austin, Minnesota motto to keep Austin weird also? Yeah, man. No, actually, the thing that's nice, fun thing here, um, the city, it's actually Spamtown, USA. So Austin is um, the home of the Hormel factory. So Spam, oh. of course, uh, Hormel Black Label Bacon. Uh, so th- it is, this town is literally Spamtown and they embrace it 150 percent there are signs on the 90 for it isn't there there are signs on, yeah there are literally yeah. signs uh we have a spam museum here in austin yeah um i if remember you're looking for a good like hour and a half time to to kill and you're looking for something <laughs> fun to do go through the spam museum if you ever come up to come down to austin or come up to austin wherever you're from uh it's a free museum to go through and it literally breaks down the history of spam it even has like little biomes talking about how uh, the other countries uh, embrace spam and like Polynesia, um, as well as like Huge. the Hawaiian culture, yeah. um, the Chinese and Japanese cultures and how they just how spam is huge um, and embraced all over the world. So, I mean, it's awesome to see when we have our main camps here in Austin, our futures camps, our prospects camps. That's one of the things we always tell uh perspective players and parents who are in town like hey if you're looking for something fun to do and free check out the spam museum it's it's a fun way to kill some time and it's an awesome experience to go through there's free samples it's a cool place to go to if you've never been haven't been to it but my wife and i were relocating from salt lake city to copenhagen this year and so we were driving down to 90 right past austin because we were going through sault st marie uh in terms of our border crossing and so I remember seeing the signs on the highway and it just led me back. I think we even talked about it in the car based off the fact that my wife had never eaten spam before. And we had a bunch of stuff left over uh, as we just cooking up everything in the house before we moved out of it. And she's like, I'm, I opened it up. She's like, I'm not eating that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Give it a try. <laughs> you know, once I cook it, you'll like it. She's Trust like, that me. looks. <laughs> give me, give it a try. Grilled spam and cheese yes. is phenomenal so, or spam uh, yeah. a spam and mac, a mac and cheese and spam oh well, the it's spam died. and rice i, I, I did love this, it. like spam oh, and rice is amazing too oh yeah like I, I i think i cooked up some level of like a like a asian teriyaki inspired like spam rice meal and i just kind of planted it down in front of her one night and she's like what is it? i'm like just try it and she ate some she's like, this is really good what is this i'm like that's spam that's spam yeah. <laughs> you know that thing that you open up in the can you yeah. said you wouldn't try well, yeah, it's there me. you go. <laughs> no, that's 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 awesome. And I mean, yeah. to her defense, it does look it a little weird if you open like, it up for the first time and you're like, what <laughs> is this? But it's amazing. I, I love spam. My wife is a little hesitant on it. She's uh, she's from the area here, so she's kind of grown up around spam, obviously. But she's not a big fan on it. But when she's in the mood for it, she's like, can we do a spam and cheese sandwich? And I'm like. Yeah, no Ooh, problem. Yeah, spam, that, we just get the spam singles, uh, just put them in on the on the George Foreman and do a little panini. Wait, there's spam singles. Yeah, they the little singles are in a little pack. I mean, you can get them uh, the uh, original. They have it spicy, and then I think they have oh. another flavor too. Check Tress. with your doctor first, Ben. Yeah, check, check, yeah, check with your doctor. doctor. <laughs> the, uh, the sodium counts a, a little high, but 100% worth it. Can we get some like, hey, spam, if you're out there, this is some really good advertising for you. Can yep. we get at least get like a spam T-shirt or something? Or some sponsorships. Let's get some sponsorships. We could be the official 
Pigeonhole Hockey podcast sponsored by Spam. Brought to you it, by we're available. Spam. Yeah, brought the to you by Spam. The Ruins episode brought to you by Spam. There you go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and speaking of the Bruins, and like I said, you have their connection there with the Rochester Grizzlies because they're connected organizations, but you're also the PA voice for another team. Tell us a little bit about the Honkers. Yeah, so um, in the in the offseason, when I uh, when I have an offseason, I should say, that's never technically an offseason for me, um, I spend my summers uh, with the Rochester Honkers on their uh, public address announcer voice. Uh, they themselves are a, um, a collegiate summer baseball league in the Northwoods League, one of the top collegiate wood bat leagues in the in the, the states here um i mean you see a lot of d1 products i mean you see guys from division one all the way down to to junior college i mean you see a lot of competitive baseball i mean it's a historic league you have uh you've seen curtis granderson go through uh pete alonzo max wow. scherzer has played in this league so i mean you you've got some top tier talents um, and guys who are who are playing professional baseball in the major leagues so i mean it's it's a it's a great league um, it's a good, fun family atmosphere. Best way to kind of ex- compare it to is it's like junior hockey, quote unquote. But these guys are 22, 23. Some of them are 24, of course. But I mean, they're your college age guys, not your 18, 19, 20 year olds. And that's something I think that one of those things that I haven't been able to get my wife to yet is an American baseball game. She doesn't, especially because I grew up in Buffalo. So it's a Bisons. I grew up going to the, you know, the AAA. At that point, we were the farm team for cleveland and then eventually we became i think the farm team for the mets and now i think we're the farm team for toronto in fact yep. toronto used our uh, yeah, stadium toronto used, uh, yeah. kind of as their relocated stadium for a year and a half and lived in the city of buffalo yep yeah and, and when you go to those like i'm a huge cardinals fan so i became a cardinals fan when i moved to st louis but i became a huge cardinals fan there and i do love the original bush stadium and i do love the new one but there's something about small town baseball and going to those smaller fields it's it's more intimate it's more i i guess you know americana yeah minor league baseball collegiate wood bat baseball it, it's so much fun to go to it's family friendly it's a good 30 dollar night out with a family of four get four tickets a hot dog and a drink um i mean for like 30 40 bucks you can't beat it i mean you're spending 150 bucks at a at a twins game as an example yeah. Um, for sitting up in the nosebleeds trying to get the same thing. But for collegiate wood bat league, minor league baseball, junior hockey is another aspect. It's a good fun, good night out there for a family of four who are trying to save some cash and not break the bank, but go out and have a fun time and enjoy some entertainment. This is this is the longest we've ever talked about a non-hockey sport other than uh, uh, what is that broom ball, which admittedly is hockey adjacent. So Jared, you yeah, should feel I mean, very special. Broom ball is pretty cool too. I've 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 only played it once and I won't play it again because I uh, fell like a baby giraffe. <laughs> not, not ideal. I can skate, mind you. I can uh, for never playing hockey. Uh, growing up, I started playing in college with all my uh, my college buddies. So I, I can skate. I can keep up with uh, with those guys as best I can. But without skates on, absolutely not. We'll have to get our world champion Ben Keeley back on the episode. Talk a little bit more hockey. Talk a little bit more broom ball. And, you know, maybe he uh, maybe he can come down. He t- they talk highly of the Minnesota broom ball teams very highly. Yeah, broomball here is pretty big. I mean, I mean, obviously the other one too. I mean, anywhere that is cold is uh, curling. Curling's also uh, <laughs> is a fun sport to watch. I love watching curling. If it's on during uh, 
during the night and I'm, I'm just doing game notes or whatever. And I'm looking for something just to, to like have on in the background. Yeah. Curling, of course, is one of my number one choices in the winter Olympic curling. I love watching it. It's so much fun to watch. I mean, I don't understand it very well. I mean, um, I'm getting more and more into it just by watching it. So I'm starting to, to understand everything terminology I'm getting no problem. Like I understand that now, but it's a sport that I haven't tried but I want to go out and do one of these days because it just looks like so much fun. It's a social sport that it, it's fun just to, to go out. Speaking speaking of social sports, I you know I think if you've ever listened to the podcast, Jared, which if you haven't, I don't blame you. I try not to listen. Is uh, our favorite sport? Oh, that got a good reaction. <laughs> our favorite sport. Yeah, that's the last time Ben was a co-host. <laughs> yeah, that's, Bye, that's why he brings that's why he brings me in i keep him humble but you know chris and i uh we love food uh it's no secret love it can't get enough of it have to eat it sometimes three or four times a day we talked a lot about spam in this episode but it wouldn't be a pigeonhole hockey interview if we didn't talk about local cuisine local restaurants so outside of just spam and maybe eating at the spam museum if it's a night out or a, a brunch in Austin or Rochester, what are your favorite places to go? So for, uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I love food. Like food is a go-to you get me a, you take me to a hands down good hibachi or sushi restaurant. Mm, yeah. I will, I will eat them out of everything. Uh, funny story about that. If we have some time, I'll talk about how, uh, me and one of my, uh, bodybuilding friends, uh, ate about $350 worth of sushi out of Vegas, uh, Oh, you can eat sushi buffet. So <laughs> we'll talk about that here shortly. But here in uh, here in Austin, there's a uh, there's a restaurant known as uh, the Old Mill, um, and the name is true to what it is. It was an old mill. Fantastic food, prime ribs, amazing. Uh, they're actually a really good sponsor for the Bruins. Uh, they used to billet players as well. Great people. The Forelands um, take care of the place, but handcrafted food, burgers, cocktails as well. So, I mean, it's probably one of the best places to go to. And if you don't call and make a reservation, there's no guarantee you're going to get in if you try to walk up. Well, all I think is I hope they'll bill at me if I ever come visit because. Uh, oh, that's the when they were billeting. That was the house you wanted to go to because they they who they take care of food. Dave Forland is a master chef. I start thinking about food. I start getting hungry. <laughs> start it's, it's torture. Yeah. <laughs> start thinking about the next steps here. What time? What time uh, is it? It's almost lunchtime here. Yeah, I gotta go get food now. Yeah, my wife is literally prepping dinner as we record this episode because it is 6:48 here. Yeah, but you're, um, so you're doing. You're getting ready for dinner. I'm getting ready for lunch. Ben's oh uh, just trying to figure out what's for breakfast. breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can smell the aroma coming up here, and I'm like, oh, because I'm recording the little. I call it the loft now. That's basically what I record. And if you were to release your own cookbook, what would be your signature dish? Oh, that is. Uh... That's a tough one. Um, honestly, it wouldn't be the spam I, cheese sandwich. No, it wouldn't be a spam and cheese sandwich. <laughs> that one's a little too uh, a little too gourmet for that cookbook. Um, <laughs> but for me, honestly, there's uh, I do a a uh, skillet potato nacho dish Ooh. that I make at home, and it, it's pretty good. I I honestly go get russet potatoes, chop them up into about chip sized pieces, get some skirt steak, marinate it, uh, a little salt, a little pepper throw it in the, the oven and it, it's amazing. You can top it with whatever you want. It's one of my, uh, my go-tos and my, anytime I make it, my wife's like, yep, hundred percent. Let's uh, completely finish this and not leave any leftovers. 
<laughs> Ooh, That's, that sounds good. That does sound good. Maybe throw a little spam in there, yeah. Uh, ooh, that's an idea. Little yeah. little spam topper. It's this is the part of the show where usually I'm rubbing the the area on my left uh, left side of my chest because my heart is like, please no more, stop doing this. Don't eat the thing he's talking about. Like you already ate the KFC double down. Wasn't that enough? Well, I miss I miss the double down. Oh, oh I, I love any stupid food where it's like, oh, yeah, we took two pizzas, folded them over, and then it's it's a hot pocket with a peanut butter sandwich in between. Anything dumb like that, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to eat that. <laughs> actually, that sounds kind of good. I may need to. That actually kind of sounds good, let's be honest. I wasn't hating on it. I was thinking, where do I make that? How do I get that? Well, you would be crunchy or smooth. Yeah. Hey, next week's episode. Everyone, we're here to remember Ben. He was this washed up comedian who sometimes made funny comments on the show. He's dead. How to die? Like he lived eating spam and peanut butter. Anyway, Jared, you're a busy guy. We don't need a transition there. We before the call, we were talking about the fact that really Sunday is the only day you take for yourself. So one of our last questions here. It's a Sunday. You, you got all the day laid out to just relax. What are you reading or watching on TV or surfing on the internet? What are the things that you're doing to, to enjoy your free time? For me, honestly, um, as much as I try to stay away from hockey, I can't. I'll, if there's a game on, I'm obviously watching it. Afternoon hockey is one of my favorite things. During uh, the winter months, obviously, football is one of the big ones I watch. Sundays are my kind of relax. Let's watch some football. Uh, American football, of course, uh, for those who, who listen overseas and um, get things situated there. Um, but that's one of my big ones. I do that. Kick on the Xbox every now and then when I have the chance, play with some buddies uh, with whatever game we're we're playing at the time. Or honestly, my wife and I will will spend the day if she's off from work that day. Um, we'll go out and uh, we'll take our take our daughter out and about and we'll go shopping or depending on the weather, go to the zoo if it's nice in the spring or the summer and kind of take care of things that way. Sounds sounds idyllic. Well, Chris, I think I think that's all we wanted to ask Jared, right? I think we got uh, we got the secondary bonus podcast we might be doing in a moment here. Yeah, for those that want to listen to the bonus podcast, well, this has been a blast. And so let me quickly identify this episode's nonprofits of the podcast and wrap it. So the, the nonprofit I'm going to bring up is the Clean Water Action Minnesota, who are fighting to protect our environment, health, economic well-being, and community quality of life. And they are active in 13 states, including Minnesota. So give them a look at cleanwateraction.org. Link will be in the description of the episode. And Chris, I know we also wanted to give a shout out to the Hockey Diversity Alliance. This is an organization that's been in place since about 2020, but you and I both uh, were reminded of them because they're doing a great campaign right now, which is hashtag tape out hate, hashtag tape out hate. Uh, some great videos being released by players of color in the NHL speaking out against racism and talking about their personal experiences. Some of them are quite painful, but it's important that they're sharing. And Chris and I absolutely love this organization and its mission, which is to help inspire a new and diverse generation of hockey players and fans. If you want to give them a look, head out to HockeyDiversityAlliance.org. You can support them by buying some of their great merch. It's pretty cool, Chris. I've Very already put cool a couple stuff. orders. I don't think I'm going to look as good as, as some of the, the amazing models that are photographed here, I'm sure. But it's a thrill to support the organization. And we, Chris and I absolutely could not be more in favor of everything that they stand for. Absolutely. I think uh, everyone listening, give them a look, throw the support that way, and let's actually 
back up those words of hockey is for everyone by actually making hockey for everyone. Amen. And uh, that's that's an important aspect of what they're doing. But we do also want to thank all of you listeners for tuning into this episode. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. And remember, players, coaches, owners, families, friends, fans, if there's a highlight we're submitting to the podcast for January's highlight episode, send us a DM at PHH Official on Twitter and tell us the team, the date of the game, and the exact hockey TV video time so that we can rank it for consideration. We also, once again, want to thank our special edition guest, the play-by-play voice of the NHL's Austin Bruins, Jared Becker, for joining us today. Jared, thanks for jumping on again. Yeah, guys, thanks for uh, for bringing me on. It was uh, It's a pleasure, and I uh, look forward, obviously, to talking to you guys again uh, in the near future and kind of hopping back on the podcast. Absolutely. We'd be looking forward to that. Uh, we're bringing on a lot of guests that we've had on before, and we'll bring you back on because this is what we love to do. We just love to talk hockey. And the next time, who knows what we're going to be talking about? We could be talking about the wild. We don't know. That's what's so fun about this uh, this podcast. But this was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Ben. Always great, Chris. Going to go eat some spam. <laughs> and remember, always clear your crease.